The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. John the Baptist appeared, preaching in the desert of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. At that time, Jerusalem, all Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath. Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. second week of Advent, as we prepare for Christmas, the readings today have one exhortation. Repent and believe in the gospel, the kingdom of God is at hand. God is close. Jesus is coming. The son of Mary, the king of kings, the lover of our souls, the creator of the universe, the one whom the Magi adore. Emmanuel, he's on his way. And through the figure of John the Baptist, the church invites us to repent, to change our hearts, to abandon what is bad and to choose what is good. Metanoia, transformation of heart, transformation of mind in order to receive Jesus in a new way, we need to have a pure, a clean heart. You need to clean up the manger of your heart. It's like Thanksgiving. Before Thanksgiving, we all clean our houses. I have a friend who she cleans houses and says, Father, the two busiest weeks in the year is before Thanksgiving and before Christmas. Why? Because you know someone is coming and you want to look good. 
say, look, my house is so tidy every day of the year, no? Like, so Jesus is coming, and we need to prepare our hearts. And the preparation John the Baptist exhorts us to do is that deep repentance of heart. And as Catholics, there's many ways in which we can repent and we can express conversion. But one concrete I would like to highlight today is this beautiful gift of celebrating the sacrament of confession. Before Christmas, it's a great thing to do a good confession. We're invited at least once a year to go to confession. That's the precept of the church. That's the minimum, in a sense. It's like changing the oil. You can change it once a year, but if you want your car to run well, maybe once a year, it's not enough. But as you begin to think, oh, like, go to confession, I would like to just highlight the top three obstacles we as Catholics face in going to confession. One, I don't feel I have any sins. Two, I'm ashamed of going to a priest, more if I know him. And three, I confess the same sins over and over again. There are many other ones, but let's highlight the three. First, many times we don't feel we have any sin. I don't have any sin. I did not kill anyone. I did not rob a bank. I'm not as bad as my coworker or my neighbor. I go to mass every Sunday. Father, what should I confess? This is the first step of true repentance of heart. Awareness of our sins. And that's what we see the people going to John the Baptist. The gospel says they acknowledge their sins. They became, became aware of their twisted inclinations, the sickness in their hearts. That's the first condition, in a sense, to experience repentance. However, many times we become insensitive to sin. It's like anesthesia. If you put anesthesia in your mouth when you go to the dentist or to the doctor, if you touch that section of your body, you don't feel it. So many times, this kind of anesthesia, spiritual anesthesia, many things that we do, maybe they are wrong, but we don't feel them any longer as wrong. Because of the culture around you, maybe you don't take it as wrong. Or maybe because you just got used to it. At first, it was kind of grave, and conscience was calling us to change, but then we just got used to it. So we grow insensitive to sin. So we're kind of spiritually asleep. And that's why the first thing the scriptures invite us to do is to ask the Holy Spirit. That grace of opening your heart to the light of God. That's how we should overcome this first obstacle. Asking the Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, allow to see my soul, give me a new sense of sin in my life, show me, one, what are the things I need to change, 
to what are the roots, not only the what, but also the why. That's a deep grace, and that's the grace Paul received on his way to Damascus. That's the grace King David received after that sin with Bitsiva that we read in Psalm 51, that deep sense, I have done wrong, and I have to change. So ask the Holy Spirit, and one concrete means you can do is to do a examination of conscience every day asking the Holy Spirit in this day where did I fall short of God's holiness the more you begin to walk towards the light the more the Holy Spirit begins to show you the things you change you know this example Bishop Baron gives is like you're driving the car and if you're driving in the middle of the night the windshield looks super clean. But if you're driving during the day and facing the sun, not here in Oregon, but let's say Arizona, like the windshield begins to show its imperfections. You see this crack in the window, this dust, these bugs, like you begin to see all the imperfections. Something like that happens in spiritual life. When you begin to repent, to change your life, when you begin to pray more, abandon sin, and you begin to direct your soul towards the Lord, you begin to see the twisted inclinations in your soul, in your heart. That's the first grace we need to ask if we feel we don't have any sin. And if asking the Holy Spirit, examining your conscience doesn't work, be practical. Ask your spouse, ask a friend. If you could go to confession this week, what would you say on my behalf? <laughs> or more direct, what do you think I have to change? But if you're going to do that, be practical, but be humble. And if someone asks you that, be merciful. No, like, don't say it all. Just say one thing. Hmm? <laughs> because it could go wrong. So that's the first obstacle. That's the first step towards repentance. A new awareness, a new awakening of our conscience. So we can begin to be more and more sensitive to the influence of evil in us and renounce to it. The second one is this obstacle of, I don't want to go to a priest, I will feel ashamed. I don't want to go to a priest, I will feel ashamed. This is two questions in one. I will answer only one because why should I go and confess to a priest? I'm not going to respond to that one. I put a video in the website. If not, we will be here for hours. But that's a good question. But the other question is, I feel ashamed. I don't want Father Ignacio to know my sins. I don't want Father Ignacio to know my weaknesses. Again, you can be practical. We are in the city. Ten minutes, go to Father Tim, St. Patrick, 10 minutes, go to Father Gabriel, Holy Rosary. 10 minutes, go to St. Thomas More, Father King. 20 minutes, Holy Trinity, Father Dave, and whatever priest you want. In 20 minutes away from St. Michael's, you can avoid me. So <laughs> you can be practical if that is one of your obstacles. So what can you do if you feel ashamed of confessing your sins? First of all, know that that's normal. We should be ashamed of our sins. 
We are always trying to look good, and if we do something wrong, we don't want anyone to see it. I remember once I was walking, and there was this hanging um, plant. I don't know where it was hanging from, but I knocked it with my head. And it was so painful, the, the physical pain of just like with your head being distracted. And, but the second thing I did is like I looked to my left, I looked to my right, and just make sure nobody saw me, you know? And this car was driving, are you okay? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. So in addition to a physical pain, there's this psychological pain we call shame. When we do something wrong, we want to hide it. That's what Adam and Eve did. They sinned and they hid from God. They put fig trees. They wanted to kind of hide their sinfulness. So it's something we need to overcome. There's an inner resistance to confession because it's not pleasing to say, this is it. I have done this. So the gospel shows us something beautiful, that the response to shame is a deep sense of the unconditional love of God. John the Baptist says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. They came, they acknowledged their sins, and what John says, now that you recognize your sinfulness, you will receive a new sense of the love of God. That's what truly overcomes shame, the sense the love of God and that happens in many ways but in a very special way when you come to confession as a priest it's so beautiful when a repentant person comes and says father this is me this is me I screw up father I struggle with addiction to alcohol father I cannot overcome this addiction to pornography Father, I cannot pray. Father, whatever it is. It engenders and begets in the priest a deep compassion for that person. And even more importantly, as a priest, when you come to confession, you know and you love the person more. Because you know and you see the person without a mask. So it's not true that if you come to confession, the priest will think, oh, this is like the lazy one. Ah, oh, this is the angry one. No, first of all, the priest forgets most of confessions. I got them all scrubbed. Like, if she's the angry one, I would might, oh, this is the impatient one. But more importantly, you know the person without the mask. And you begin to pray for that person. You begin to love that person. And I think that's how Jesus is. He loves you without the mask. He loves you as you are. And when you go to confession, you disclose, you open up your soul, you open up your heart so that the light of Jesus can enter your darkness. So if you feel shame, well, yes, we need to overcome it, but know of that love of Christ for us. Plus that you have the screen. You can be anonymous. Obviously, if you're from Australia or Boston or New York, I might get who you are. So, But most of the times, the screen keeps it anonymous. The last obstacle that 
we can see and speak about is this kind of, I always confess the same sins. Well, first of all, that's a good thing in a sense. Like, that's much better than say, okay, week one, all these sins. Week four, I will be creative and I will come with new ones. So it's better just to stick to the same ones. Don't expand your field, no? Like, commandment one to four, week one, and then four to ten, the week, no. Like, just stay there. Like, a few ones, and yes, confess them over and over again. We are trying to kill deep sinful inclinations and that might take you even like your whole life even your whole life don't get discouraged but two things we should consider is John the Baptist he says today in the gospel produce the good fruit as evidence of your repentance he says for confession there has to be a sense of repentance, contrition, desire to change, aversion and kind of violence against sin. So produce a good fruit of repentance. And maybe sometimes we cannot change because we're not truly repented. St. Francis Sales says, often when Catholics go to confession, they make little or even no preparation and do not have sufficient contrition. Too often it happens that they go to confession with a tacit intention of returning to sin, since they are unwilling to avoid its occasions or use the means necessary of amendment of life. So sometimes we go and we don't have sufficient contrition. We have this tacit intention of returning to sin, and we are not willing to avoid the occasions of sin or put the means necessary to change. So that's the first question you should ask. If you repeat one sin over and over again, am I truly putting the means to change? I am asking God to give me a change of heart so I cannot have that intention to return. Acknowledge your sins. Whenever you disclose your sins, God gives you a grace to change. Confession of sins in the sacrament of reconciliation is not only you receiving forgiveness. You are also receiving healing. You are also receiving graces to change. And that the priest and then the penitent. It reveals this dynamic of confession that when you go to the sacrament, Jesus is there acting through the mediation of the priest and in a sense saying to you, yes, you confess the same sins over and over again, but I am here for you. I want you to help you change. I want you to walk out from this confessional as you were me walking out from the tomb, walking out alive walking away resurrected with a new life in you, with a desire to change. So your homework, this is the toughest homework in maybe one month. Prepare a good confession before Christmas. 
Take one week and in a piece of paper, ask the what. What are the sins you need to confess? And then ask the why. What are the roots of those sins? And then ask the Holy Spirit the grace of disclosing, of opening up. And even maybe things you have kept for a long time. And you truly feel ashamed. And then put a time, choose a place. You're welcome to come here. We, we receive new customers. And then confess your sins and receive that baptism of the Holy Spirit. In that way, we will begin to prepare for the coming of the King of Kings with a new heart, a simple heart, a pure heart. And he will come.